Do you normally follow me on TikTok? I'm guessing you haven't seen me for a while. That's because I've been battling a crushing shadow ban. And I also have an account warning. As most of you know, I got banned over a year ago and it's been a struggle getting back to where I was. And these shadow bans aren't helping. To try to save this account, I've put my TikTok on private and I'm taking a break from TikTok until November. I've even deleted the app. If you wanna see my usual short form content, then please follow me on Instagram. The link is in the description. Again, follow me on Instagram. Also, so TikTok can't pull an Andrew Tate on me, I'm asking people to subscribe to my email list. If you do, I'll give you some cool stickers free of charge with postage paid. I'll put the link in the description for that too, but you can sign up at list.comeonmanpod.com. That's L-I-S-T dot comeonmanpod.com. Get some cool stickers and here's the show. You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, please give us a five-star review and actually write out why you like the show. Um, If you are watching on YouTube right now, I already said hit that like button, smash that like button, (laughs) but also leave a comment. Do you know what? Just, just leave an emoji. Okay. Whatever your favorite emoji is, just, just drop it in the comments because uh, the comments help boost us in the algorithm. And I don't really like, it really doesn't matter what the fuck you comment, but if you comment an emoji specifically, I'll know that you watch this intro and you are paying attention. So Thank you for you guys that do that. Before I get any further, I want to remind you guys to help support the show and join my Patreon. I now have five tiers available and the lowest tier starts at around five bucks, which is like buying me a beer. So check that out. Help support the show. Link is in the description. All right. This week, I have the wise cracking red pill manosphere coach extraordinaire, Ryan Stone. (laughs) You know, his guys call him couch uh, to be dicks, but, (laughs) and he hates being called a coach. But anyway, I had Ryan back on. I had a guy comment uh, the last time Ryan was on. He commented on the video saying that Ryan saved his marriage with with Ryan's Scorched Earth series. Uh, I went and looked into it. Turns out Ryan actually only did one video on Scorched Earth. So I was like, but I reached out to Ryan. Ryan said he would come back on the podcast to talk about scorched earth. And I was like, well, shit, you know, like in his original video is only like 11 minutes long. So I was like, how are we going to stretch this conversation out to an hour? Well, don't you worry about that. If you bring Ryan stone on your show, he can fill up an hour, Uh, but it's not all bullshit. It's really good stuff. So, I mean, the premise behind scorched earth, right. Is that when, when guys get married, they tend to put on wife goggles, right? They, they, they see their wife in this perfect light. And men, even if, if the woman's kind of a bitch, right? Like the, the guys still see her as this perfect angel, um, unless she does something totally messed up, right? And uh, Ryan describes it as she basically walks across the room and slaps those wife goggles off your face. So if your woman slaps those wife goggles off your face, it's time to go scorched earth on her ass. And if you're, if you're scratching your head going, what the fuck are you talking about, Paul? Don't worry about it because Ryan explains it right after this. Hey guys, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the Things I Want to Know podcast. It's hosted by a good guy who has actually been a guest on Come On Man before, Paul G. Newton. On Things I Want to Know, they talk about a wide range of topics from witchcraft to astrophysics, from monkeypox to Slenderman. They basically talk about anything that makes the news, old tales and even true crime. It's just an all-around fun podcast, and Paul is a really good dude. They have episodes every week, and you can check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can visit paulgnewton.com. Once again, that's paulgnewton.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey you, I'm going to make this real quick. I know you hate ads. If you like this show, if you love this podcast, if you think more men should tune in, then you should consider joining my Patreon. You will be supporting the show and I get to help more men level up their lives. There's now five tiers available starting as low as $5 a month. It's like buying me a beer and each tier gives you better bonuses. Visit patreon.com slash come on man pod to sign up. That's patreon.com slash come on man pod. One last time, that's patreon.com slash come on man pod. Help me help more men level up and be better with women. All right, returning to the podcast is the wisecracking guru of red pill internet history. <laughs> Killing Don't me. like that one. Okay. Killing me. <laughs> and, and, and coach extraordinaire, Ryan Stone. You like that one? <laughs> What's going on, I see Ryan? You've been talking with the chat. Yeah, just call me Couch. That's what everybody else does. What's going on, brother? It's good to see you. Haven't been banned from TikTok again. I like seeing you around. It makes the world a better place. What can I say? Knock on wood. Uh, uh, Viking, uh, Viking. Uh, oh God, what is his name? Viking Dad Wisdom or whatever. He's, oh yeah. I, I just interviewed him, and then uh, a week later, he posted on Twitter that his account got banned and he's starting over. I was like, God bless. Oh no. <laughs> kingmaker situation we got going on here that's I'll crazy or break you yeah it really is so has uh has canada chilled out at all since we last talked last time we talked they were still doing trucker strikes and yes shit. and no everybody's kind of we're a big status quo place the problem is like most people still weren't able to leave or enter canada pretty much against our charter of rights and freedoms but everybody's like yeah but we're saving lives and that whole argument's still going on at this point where everybody's all stressed out now because, hey, milk costs $10 a gallon. I could basically fill my car with booze right now and it's cheaper than fuel. But I guess you guys have that too, don't you? Yeah, it just cost, it cost me $150 to fill up my truck this weekend. Jeez. All of yeah. a sudden, I'm not looking so stupid right now with my Lexus hybrid. <laughs> Battery you got a hybrid? That's not, that's not masculinity. You're not supposed I know. to have... <laughs> oh, whatever. I mean, that's the thing though. It's in the city. It's like a glorified shopping cart. When I drive to the grocery store, if there's more than I can carry on my back, I have to bring a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if I was commuting every day like I used to, I would mm-hmm. totally have a hybrid because... Oh, I'd probably just I- buy a shotgun and sort it out right then and there. <laughs> I hate traffic. I hate traffic. I yeah. hate traffic. Traffic? I hate traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. That's the whole reason I started writing a book. I'm like, I write so I never have to drive in it again. Ever. <laughs> That sounds like a good plan. So uh, to get on topic here, I I brought you on the podcast because I had a comment on YouTube under the last interview I did with you saying that your scorched earth video saved some dude's marriage. Nice. And he suggested that I have you back on to explain your scorched earth policy. And did you, I mean, did you know that you saved some dude's marriage? Uh, Not him specifically, but I mean, guys come back all the time. And to be fair, I'm going to, push back a bit on this. Yeah. I hate when guys say you saved my this, you saved my that. Cause they did all the work and then they're trying to pass off the credits. Like, no, I get it. Like maybe the information I gave helped you out, but you did everything. And I don't like when guys don't take credit for their own work, but you know, from a marketing perspective, I guess I should take it. There yeah. you go. I'll save you're, your marriage boys. <laughs> you're, you're a, you're kind of a modest guy though. Right. I don't think you, you take uh praise. Well, Oh no, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever trust anybody giving you a comment. What do you want? What do you yeah. want? Why do you, you like want me? something? Yeah. yeah. Do you want money? I got money. I can give you money. <laughs> <laughs> so, Guys. so I went, I went through um, now. The, I mean, he, the way he commented was that he, he's like his scorched earth series. And so I was like, Oh, he's got a whole series of videos. And so when I looked, I was like, there's only one video here though. Maybe, I, um, maybe I'm missing something. So I, I think he's talking about all the cooking. Yeah. Isn't he? all the different cooking videos. Yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> but there's only one on scorched earth. So yeah. I mean, there only but, needed to be one. It's a fairly straightforward concept. I'm surprised. 
it does the same thing that a lot of red pilled concepts do. If you guys don't know, these are like red pilled strategies or mental models, however you want to refer to them. Uh, scorched earth, dread. They kind of have like a, a the first, I call it the first beneficial Mott and Bailey for men. Cause it actually helps you. The idea of scorched earth is if a guy's in a struggling marriage or a dead bedroom or anything where he's not happy, the idea of scorched earth or dread really fills them with like, yeah, that'll teach that. Can I swear? Oh yeah, please. I'll yeah. teach that bitch a lesson and it gets them in the door. And then when they get in, they're like, oh, has nothing to do with her at all. All right, fair enough. But by then it's too late. They've already succeeded and are happy with their lives. So they're like, all right, whatever. But yeah, scorched earth was the idea. And the, to sum it up, I guess, for if I don't know who in your audience knows it, who doesn't, it's the idea that you come in to the idea of red pilling yourself in your relationship that she's already dead. What would you do if heaven forbid your dead bedroom wife died in a train accident the day before do that? It's mm. kind of like, and it steals back to the old person, like the Spartan thing of like, pretend you're already dead and then you're fighting basically to stay alive. And so it gets guys to stop doing that initial covert contract that if I, if I work out, if I run, if I say the right words and do the right things, then she'll win me back. We'll have a great sex life and I'll have a problem-free life. And I mean, you know, uh, Dr. Robert Glover and his work on covert contracts. I'm assuming your audience does too. So I won't belabor you by rambling about that one again, but it's the common one that everybody uses and everybody has a blind spot too. And it can waste years, years of a guy's life by mm -hmm. until he finally acknowledges it. Usually when the wife's just had enough of it and just blows up the marriage. It's oddly enough too, two years, every guy who has that covert contract that if I do this stuff to win her back, it usually lasts for about 24 months until they finally shed it. And it's at that point when they actually get started. So the idea of scorched earth, let's just save you two years of time. Skip to the part where you try your best. You still can't stand you. And then you just fix your own life. You just go right to the fixing your own life part, you know? Mm. That So I think I had this down wrong then. Because so based on based on your video, yeah. yeah. first of all, uh, the French toast looked delicious, but... <laughs> But essentially what you were saying in that was when your wife acts in such a way that she slaps the wife goggles off your face. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of it too. Okay. Well, like, okay. There's <laughs> everything has a bit concept attached to it. So wife goggles is a concept red pilled mental model of the aspirational love that men have versus the opportunistic love women have. Uh, if I'm losing you here, I can go explain that part too, but just take it right now as a given that men kind of have an idealistic way of loving and women have more of an opportunistic one. Mm -hmm. is what it is from a guy's perspective you sleep with that 19 year old girl you wife her up she's 45 two kids now you still see in your head that 19 year old girl that's why you see a lot of guys and their wife's like oh it's still as beautiful as the day i met her and you look you're like jesus i hope not <laughs> but but that's it right because we're looking at her with these it's just like beer goggles you have wife goggles and mm -hmm. it was something actually the red-pilled women came up with where they understood the concept of wife goggles it turns out that if you are shitty enough for long enough or do something so shitty, you can actually slap those off a dude's face. And they're a one-time thing. Once they're off, they're never coming back on. Even if you get together, you don't see the hot 19-year-old anymore. You see the 40-year-old you know, soccer mom in front of you. Not mm -hmm. saying that can't work, but it's not as good as it could be. Usually cheating does that. Once the guy gets the infidelity thing in his mind, slaps them right off his face. Uh, the other one, though, is like you said, really shitty behavior, treating them like crap, berating them in front of people in public, dead bedroom, all that stuff eventually takes its toll. And those that's a slower way of getting them slapped off. But yeah, that's exactly what happens. And this is where the scorched earth comes in because your covert contract, if I can win her back, like those days are gone. Mm -hmm. Your gag goggles are slopped. Things aren't going the way they were. And even if they did, do you want to have it built on a lie? So you got to fix it, do it your own way. Assume she's dead burn all this shit to ground. And that's actually the second part of it. So a lot of guys are still afraid to leave, even if they're willing to accept all this other stuff. And it's like, look, you've heard all the stupid talking points, divorce, rape, half your shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cheaper yeah, to so, keep her. Yeah, yeah. Cheaper to keep her versus that. Look, your stuff's gone. Your stuff's gone. Your money's gone. The lawyers are going to take whatever the thing doesn't get because you don't have to agree to get divorced. She just has to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you have to pay just the way it works. So assume it's already gone, burning it all to the ground and giving away half the ashes. Like it's just money. You can make more. Either you have enough money, you can afford to divorce her and still be okay. In which case, why are you stressing out? Mm -hmm. Or you don't have any money. 
So you can't take half of nothing. So you're not really any worse off than you were before. So there's no point stressing out. So be totally willing. Like I will burn this thing to the ground if you don't play nice and give you half the ashes. Okay. I don't know if I put it in there, but like one of the inspirations that came from it was my mom's second divorce. My stepdad absolutely did that. And like, I, I took my mom's side on this one, obviously, but he got a really good settlement out of it because she's like, you know what? Less than half of something is better than all of nothing. Mm. And that's more of, that's more of just like strict game theory. And it just turns out you add all of these disparate com, uh, concepts together. And that most guys running through the marriage salvaging or the divorce preparation kind of took the same pathway and it ended up beneficial to them, maybe not in the way they intended, but it works out in the end. So it ended up being the strategy. And I'm like, let's make some breakfast and chill and talk about it. Mm, got it. So what, so when you talk about burning it down, do you mean like metaphorically act- don't actually burn your house? Down. No, no, no. I, obviously, <laughs> I should preface. I, this is the internet. <laughs> right. Well, what I mean by that is uh, that that wasn't clear to me is, I mean, are you actually saying, look, you fucked up. I want a divorce. I, I'm calling my lawyer tomorrow or is this, is this just like a threat? Oh, no, 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 no. There's no threats. You're not talking about it. It's not a negotiation. It's not a discussion. Talking okay. solves nothing. If you don't like somebody to the point you're going to divorce, here's the thing. Why would you give them the ammunition to get prepared? I'm going to leave you. And now yeah. let me take a month to put all the paperwork together. You're just giving them 30 days to find, like, do I need to go over the, there's been false domestic violence accusations to get child custody. Like you've heard all the horror stories. Why Uh would you give somebody time to concoct that stuff with their goofy divorced friends? It's like, don't the first thing that any person should see if you decide to finally end it is the paperwork that all it needs is a signature and everything's done. That's when they should find out. I mean, chicks aren't stupid either. They can kind of tell when you're checked out. So at this point, all you're doing is just not giving somebody the tools they need to potentially screw you over. Now Mm. are all divorces, acrimonious no some of them are fairly amicable but it's better what's the saying it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war yeah yeah again operation scorched earth so yeah if it's about leaving screw it get all the paperwork done get signed talk to my lawyer get the retainer set up find out what it's going to cost me find out what actions i can take in the next 12 months to to mitigate how much child support i would have to pay how much visitation i get for a lot of guys it's like don't take that promotion at work Mm mm-hmm but that's supposed to be, I want to be my best self. It's like, yeah, but if you earn that extra hundred thousand a year, you're basically screwed on your divorce. So do you really want to just earn all that money to lose it? Yeah. At the same time, you're having to put 20 extra hours of work. If you want to have better custody than showing the courts that you like, you know, all your kids, friends, you've taken that time to go see them at baseball practice and stuff like that. That can, I'm not saying this is legal advice. I'm just using these as like uh, examples, but then all those choices involve you assuming that this marriage isn't going on. It's all going to be burned to the ground. So yeah, maybe some guys have even gone so far as to say they need to take stress leave from work. So they end up earning no money for an extended period. Cause I know mm-hmm. judges really don't look kind enough. If a guy just quits his job, but you know, the divorce was fucking hell for me and the kids. I ended up going on stress leave. The doctors got this PTSD prescription, you know, like however Machiavellian you want to get on it. But that's the point is it's no longer two people trying to fix a marriage. It's you sorting your shit out. That bitch is dead. Does that <laughs> make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. Um, so you address this in your video, but um, yeah, no, it's it a YouTube video, so you can't really right. like, articulate yeah. everything in a ten-minute cooking video. So I, I oh, grant granted there, it, I know why we're gonna have two hours to <laughs> ramble on. <laughs> so, so, like, well, that's sort of leads me on another tangent. It's kind of like when I do a a TikTok video. It, it's like a minute. I'm trying to keep it under a minute long and people are like, well, what about this? What about this fucker? It's a minute long. Like I can't get this all in. <laughs> I can't find an Usher song to put in the background. I don't have a dance to associate with this tip. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> you know, what? God, we're just going off on a side topic here, but uh, in your TikTok videos, you complain about uh, people putting, you know, the latest Usher song in their thing all the time because I know your... and it's such a boomer statement because Usher hasn't been relevant in what 2014 ish. Right. But <laughs> you don't, you know why a lot of people do that though? It's for the algorithm because it yeah, boosts yeah. their views. Yeah. Well, I'm it's... sure there's a good reason. Isn't that you're supposed to put the, the song on there and turn the volume of it to zero. So you still get on there. Yeah. So you get, you get that, that boost from the people that like that song or whatever. Yeah. You could also be talented, I guess. That's the other way to go about it, but. 
that's not how the, the, that's not how the algorithm works. <laughs> I don't know that Jack dude with the ducks. He never has any of this music in the background. He seems to do just fine. He has he has a half naked chicks on though. So oh, so I think we cracked the <laughs> algorithm system here. The trick is nips, <laughs> nipples I, and balaclavas. I stitched one of his videos, and my video got taken down for uh, sex and nudity. And I was like, it, his, but his video stayed up. I was oh, like, dude, that sounds like Twitch. Twitch does that too. Their top yeah. performers, they get a pass on all this shit. But yeah. everybody else, yeah, no. Yeah, crazy. Okay, anyway, back <laughs> back on topic. Mm. So you 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 had mentioned this, but what if uh, you wanted to actually save the relationship or marriage uh, or stick it out for the kids? Because uh, a lot of, a lot of guys they they choose the you know pick your battles approach to this sort of thing. Okay. So there's two different things to pick your battles. Whatever. Put that aside for now that I'm staying with the kids for okay. the kids. I'm going to call, I put bullshit on that. Every time I've seen that the guys are using their kids as a human shield. I'm mm. staying for the kids. All that means is they're so afraid to leave that they, 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 but they can't even say that. So they have to come up with this garbage excuse. And I get it. It's kind of like, it's a psychological ego protection thing. So they might not know they're doing it, but they're doing it. Like most kids, most adults now were kids of divorce. Didn't if it messed them up, it wasn't the divorce that did it. It was the shitty parents. Mm. So you're better off being 100% of an awesome dad 50% of the time than being a fucking 10% dad, hundred percent of the time. And yeah. that's, I, I think that should go without saying, I think most parents would agree. I would, I would definitely agree. agree. When I saw my dad, it was only like two weeks a year after their divorce, but those two weeks were like, well worth it. I still got nothing but great things to say about that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like um, since my divorce, I have my kids half the time, mm-hmm. uh, but that, that actually allowed me to, to step up more and play more of a role in their life because before that, I was the, you know, the workhorse and she was the <laughs> stay-at-home mom. And so she was with the kids all the time and I would only see them in the evenings. And by then I was like tired and I yeah. didn't want to, you know, hang out with them and stuff like that. But being divorced, I you know, I make all their lunches and stuff. I write little, you know, shitty notes in their, actually I put jokes in their, their, their lunches every day and, and picture the note, do better son. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your peanut butter. Be a man. No, I, so I actually, I, I write uh, stupid dad jokes and put them in their lunches every day. And, oh, stuff. Okay. Uh, and so that kind of stuff is, you know, I, I, it allowed me to step up and, and do that since the divorce. So that's one of the blessings i would say is from that divorce so oh, it's bigger than that too like look kids listen not really i never listened to my parents i don't know if you did but they watch yeah they watch you and that's the thing seeing you not you but like the the, the hypothetical you were talking about here in a crappy dead bedroom the guy's miserable he's maybe walking on eggshells afraid of pissing off his wife if you have a daughter she's looking at dad as the example that she wants to have as a man when she gets older so what she's seeing she sees a pushover What's mm-hmm. going to happen? She's going to end up either with a pushover husband because that's what she's used to or the complete opposite, like thuggish type there that's, you know, borderline abusive. And then dad's saying, I'm staying for the kids. It's like, yeah, but you're basically setting them up for stripper shoes or same thing with the son. Mm-hmm. He'll wake up as a promise keeper. It's like, you know what? Dad was always kind to mommy. Never said an errant word. I want to be just like that. Or he goes the other route. I watched mom browbeat dad for 20 years and I'm never going to be like that. And he turns into the abusive asshole. So when I... That's the thing that gets me the worst when guys are like, I'm sticking it out for the kids. It's like, are you, are you really? Because you're setting them up for failure, but you're just doing it so slowly that you don't get to take responsibility for that. I just find it tasteless. And maybe it's because I've met too many of the guys that were that kid. Yeah. And then you see how angry they are. And I'm like, yeah, no, I just don't buy it. But yeah, but to your example, it sets just as much as the things you say in the notes, just the fact that they see dad happy. They mm-hmm. see dad being assertive. They see dad. I don't know. It, like, what your guys' rules are with like, do you bring the dates over to see them when you have a girlfriend? What's the time? It's none of my business, but they can see like a more healthy dynamic of how a man and a woman can get along and that, and they can use that to model their relationships in the future, even though they don't know that they're going to be doing it. It's just what they've always known growing up. It's as natural as water, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I really like about it too, is when their mom and I were together, mm-hmm. uh, she would instill their, her values. And if I tried to instill my values and there was some kind of, you know, disconnect there, then she would basically undermine everything I said, you know, to try to make it her way. Like she was a, 
she's a cunt. So she, <laughs> so, so now that, now that we're divorced, you know, for the last several years, when it's my time with the kids, I can instill my values on them, on them. Yeah. And then, you know, if she can instill, still her values on, on them too, and they can, you know, make their own Figure decision. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Which one's the best. And I think that's, that's actually been better for the kids too. God be glad to imagine like when they remember that when kids turn 13, how they start to hate dad for like three weeks and hate mom. Uh-huh. Imagine those kids seeing the parents with that kind of a wet, they would drive a wedge through that so hard. Well, mom said this, well, mom said that, like, it's almost like that. You're not my real dad. It's like that shit. Yeah. God knows I've done that. Stepdad, you know, you're not my real dad. Fuck you. And then what, what can you say to that? Well, I'm right. Of course. Yeah. He was a little more, uh, he was a little more hard and strict. So he actually had an answer for it, but I won't repeat it here. There's a terms of service after all, <laughs> but you don't want to have to go that route. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Again, it's, it's just back to like failing parenting strategies. And that's yeah. why I hate the, the self delusion that guys are so ego attached to like being their kid's best friend or using them as their security blanket or as a surrogate because they hate their dad. Like my dad left my mom and I'm never going to do that to her even though she's a cunt and my kids hate me and <laughs> yeah. they don't know what relationships are like. And my, my daughter wants to be a stripper. Yeah. But I stayed for the kids. I did it. I'm way better. Fuck you, dad. Yeah. It's right there. What you realize they're using their kids as like, like I said, not even just like a human shield, but they're using them as like therapy. You know, guys would rather mess up their kids' lives and go see a therapist. That's true. And I think also a lot of people have the, the idea that, you know, kids are, are more healthy in a stable family but that's yeah. if that's sta- that family's stable <laughs> oh yeah it's it, right. and it, for a part of it it's kind of out of your control right like you can make you good mm-hmm. but you can't make your wife anything and vice versa so what do you do if she decides not to play ball well she's a human being you can't force her you can't manipulate her mm-hmm. i think that's the big trick too where everybody was talking about relationship stuff whether you listen to rollo tomasi or Corey wayne or apple k or mark manson or whoever is every, in the back of their mind, they always think there's some kind of magic Hogwarts spell they can cast. And that'll make the wife's like, hey, you know what? It was great. A blowjob and cooking dinner for the family on Sunday. It's like, it's never going to happen. Just mm-hmm. deal with what's right in front of you and make the best decision out of what you got. And you're right. Right now, divorced dad, way better for the kids than unhappy dad. Yeah. Hence scorched earth. So that <laughs> tough love smashing way. In fact, there's a picture right in front of me of uh, full metal jacket, the part where the fat guy is trying to climb the fence, Gomer Pyle there. Yeah. It's a basically exact moment. Get your fat ass over this fence. Well, what if the, yeah, just shut up, just get over it. <laughs> just get over the fence. You're thinking about this way too much. So going back to men picking their own battles, uh, another thing in your video you talked oh, yeah. about was, was men do that out of laziness. They, they, they want to keep the status quo. Yeah. Conflict is scary. I don't yeah. like it makes me feel uncomfortable why do i have to game my wife isn't that what the ring was for it's just don't be lazy about it look nobody said life was easy in fact it's easier than it's ever been but it's not going to be perfectly easy and yeah that sucks you have to come home after a hard day of work and still be charming because your wife just runs off of feelings and she doesn't like it she doesn't like it and maybe you have to step in when your mom's yelling at the kids the kids are yelling at mom and you got to step in there and be like the uh the one to break up this horrible, horrible attitude that everybody's got, especially like daughters, daughters and moms fight like cats and dogs. I have two sisters. I've watched it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my oldest guys just is like, uh, yeah, 17, they just, and they'll tell girl. somebody who's perfectly in the right, whether it's the mom or the daughter or whoever to calm down and just take the loss because that's easier than actually have to stand by a principle, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is laziness. Like think of a great example I hear all the time from dads is the bullying stuff. Your kid gets bullied at school. And he, so what do you usually tell him? You're like, you know what? Fight back. You punch the bully in the face. And then the teachers will say, you know, bullying is wrong. You shouldn't bully. And because the dad doesn't want to create a conflict, he's like, yeah, you know why? It's fine. Don't do it. Just, you know, put, don't put up with it. Just tell the teachers on him. And the kid's basically getting tortured as a kid, mm-hmm. as opposed to if you were a dad and you had some principles and you weren't lazy and you were willing to take these fights, you're like, you know, tell your boss, I got to take an hour off of work. My kid's getting bullied. You throw the gloves at them a little bit. Say, look, beat him up. Don't worry. He'll probably beat you up. He's way bigger than you. But I guarantee you, bullies don't pick on people who fight back. So take that ass whooping and you'll be fine. Or you beat him up and you win. Great. Either way, you're going to be fine. And yeah. the school will get mad and like, yeah, it's fine. And then you just take him up for ice cream. It's like, hey, you got seven days suspension. Let's have some fun. Let's go camping. That's exactly what I tell my kids. Nice. Because you can't. <laughs> 
because oh man the 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 idea of bullying in school and trying to teach bullies not to be bullies is is the most <laughs> retarded idea ever conceived because there's always been bullies there always yeah. will be bullies and you're never going to stop it by it's like god it's like the same thing with the uh like teach men not to rape you know that's the one that's the one yeah yeah it's, yeah you, you're what there's just good there's there's rapists and there's not rapists you know like there, there's there's no teaching them not to do that it'd be nice if you could but it's not gonna yeah. happen it's the same thing a bad wife a bully a rapist <laughs> whatever you want to call them yeah oh they're gonna right. do what they're gonna do Can't so what it. are you gonna do about it and that's fundamentally i think where all of this stuff kind of connects is that you have to do something to resolve a situation to your benefit you got to shed your ego you shed your apathy you shed your laziness accept that you cannot change other people and then the obvious, the obvious answers just kind of come out. Like you said, punch the bully in the face. You get an ass whooping. It's, it's fine. You're six. You guys can't hurt each other too bad. You'll cry mm -hmm. and then you'll get over it. But they'll suspend me. Yeah, so they suspend you. I'll teach you. I'll teach you about parables. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Or if, parables, uh, sorry. Parables I, I, are the stories. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, I, I do want to say that uh, if uh, if your wife is uh, acting wrong and, and slaps the wife, goggles off, don't, don't punch her in the face. Just... No, no. Go, yeah, go contact your answer, lawyer. Other than the kid <laughs> and the bully, because they're six. Yeah. They can they can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. You it's violence, to be fair, there is a great red pill maxim where if you have there is no greater loss of frame than having to resort to violence. It means that all your other tools have been expended and you're at a point of desperation. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't have to get there. Like I'm sure anything's possible, but there's been yeah. so many failures in all your decisions along the way that that ass whooping didn't just fall out of the sky. Like you saw things coming and you chose to make bad decisions. So you are right there. Violence is not that answer, but not yeah. for the reasons that everybody says. Well, you're also, you're losing uh, emotional control too, right? And if you're exactly, if you're a, a red pill, quote, red pill guy, then you should be more in control of your emotions then, right? Yeah. Imagine that losing your shit on some 130 pound soccer moms. Like out of all the arch nemesis, that's who you pick. You got her outweighed <laughs> by like 40 pounds, dude. What's she going to do? <laughs> She's yelling. She's mad at you. Oh no. What are you going to do? Drop kick me lady. You can't even get your foot up above your waist. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a noogie. Noogie your wife into compliance. <laughs> That's right. That reminds Actually, me. Of, wait, don't do that too. That might be assault. I don't know. That reminds me of what you you've also said in the past too, about uh, not being scared of your, your woman's emotions. Like yeah. you, you, you got her, bro. You're like, you're bigger than her. What is she going to mm -hmm. do about it? Like, don't be scared of her. <laughs> it's you joke, you laugh, but it's amazing how many guys are terrified. And I go, I know why it's the back to the failed parenting strategies. Like you said, you were at work all the time. Uh, wife would stay home with the kids and people forget. This is a kind of new phenomenon out of like the industrial age. Before then it was like the cottage economy. Dad was a farmer at home. Mom worked at home. Dad was there all the time. Mm -hmm. This dad not being there is something new. And so the kid is only raised by mom or in some case, dad's not even there because of divorce. So what happens is you see the difference in male and female parenting strategies in general principle. I know there's exceptions audience. Don't throw hate in this chat or do it's engagement, whatever. Yeah. But dad is you're generally rules based. As long as you do X, Y, and Z to my standard, everything is fine. If you don't, if you do this A, B, or C, then I'm going to punish you, whatever that means, put you in your room, spank you. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. Mom, it's more, how does something make you feel and to be liked? Drunk dad and uh, shitty mom are both the same examples. Dad comes home drunk, and then you never know when he's coming home drunk or not. He becomes abusive. And it's never, like, it's not the abuse or the violence that, that fucks kids up. It's the uncertainty. It's like they don't have a standard rule set. I don't know if he's going to come home drunk or not. Mom could be emotionally distraught today or tomorrow. I don't know. And so the only survival strategy as, uh, as a child, because it's all limbic brain, is I need to make this person happy and and sub and submit to them often so that way they don't hurt me so as a kid you're doing that to mom and then you as you get older you start to develop some frontal lobe you get some other things and it turns out you're not actually thinking of a better way to do it you're just justifying those initial limbic brain responses to like what a child's brain sees a fight or flight response because if mom's not happy with you she could leave and you'll starve to death that's all our brain knows and then you get you know there's how many men are teaching right now like elementary school teachers, high school teachers, probably none. So you get a lot of female teachers. And again, depending on the quality of teacher, you're getting that same reinforcement of you might be get good teacher or bad teacher, and you just don't know. And you're uncertain. So all you can do is try to please the teacher. And it doesn't help when they attack guys in their identity. 
you know, don't be the bad boy. Don't be the bad student, all these identifying markers. So instead of like worrying about how do I behave within this rule set, they're thinking, how do I please this person who's above me in this hierarchy? Guys will get to 18 years old, never have a single male authority rule-based figure in their life. It's all about hierarchy and power and, uh, and uh, submission. And so when you put them in a marriage, of course, they're afraid of their wife's emotions. That's all they've known for their entire adult life. And that's the part where you kind of really have to like slap some sense into them metaphorically. Don't slap anybody. There's too many mm-hmm. violent metaphors here. I'm just going to say, <laughs> yeah. So for them, they're going to, they're going to, they don't even see the idea of what an operation scorched earth would look like. So you kind of have to shock them with yeah. very vivid imagery. That's why you have to, it's dread. That's why it's scorched earth. That's why you can burn your shit to the ground and half again, because they literally have to bring that pendulum all the way over just to get far enough to where they can start looking out for their own Mm self-interest, which sucks now because it's the internet and everybody is soft R artistic. Yeah. And so they hear this like, Oh my God, you're thinking about abusing this. And you're like, just shut up. (laughs) Right. This isn't for you, Karen. Why? Maybe it is. Where's your husband? I never would have thought about this stuff as an option though, because of the way I was raised. My parents are still together. Uh, uh-huh. I, they pretty much hate each other though, I think at this point, but, <laughs> but my, no, they're not. They're just oh. they're at this point, like they're, they're in their like, you know, mid seventies and you know, they, they've oh. been together so long that they couldn't possibly know what to do There's at no this fight point. Left. <laughs> right. But my dad was always the guy that was just henpecked. My mom was a, a, a an Uber nagger, you know, and my dad would always have the idea that, you know, uh, uh, husbands were like the Indians in the old Westerns, you know, they never win. (laughs) And so I was raised that same way. And the fact that my parents never got divorced, both sets of my grandparents never got divorced. Like the idea of divorce was never even an option for me, which I think is a lot of people, they have that idea, like divorce isn't an option. So you just suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. You just suck it up. So I never would have thought to, I would have just sucked it up, you know, and, and slept in another bedroom or something like that. I and that would sucks never... for you. Yeah. For, for, for them, like as your grandparents, I don't know how old they are. They're probably a brown during like the depression and shit. That's like they're a survival a... thing. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense in that environment. But nowadays we're in the land of abundance, that needless suffering. And yeah, well, feminists are killing divorce. Yeah. Well, it's dead already. So like by not taking advantage of it and just willfully suffering, you're just lighting yourself on fire for some abstract principle that's not applicable any more than leeching you for or putting cocaine in you because you're hysteric is like medicine's yeah. moved on and human relationships kind of have too. at least until the environment changes. Maybe after Biden's inflation thing, you guys will have to go back to to <laughs> dust bowl marriages of we just got to suffer through it for the kids. Trust me. Hand me that wheat. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad, but. Uh, but I mean, but (laughs) that's like Mad Max. (laughs) Right. But I mean, yeah, if, if she didn't file for divorce, I would still to this day be in this like marriage Mm -hmm. that I hated and stuff like that. And it wasn't until it wasn't after her either. It was after the relationship I had after her that made me start rethinking relationships and and starting, start studying this stuff, you know? So it's like, you're one of the few guys that get curious about that, by the way, do you ever notice that? Like eating, relationships, health. These are like the biggest things in your life and people have no interest in learning about it. You're like one of the rare guys out there. I hope you don't mind me fluffing you on your own podcast, by the way. No, fluff away. No, (laughs) I think, but but it's like you've also said too in the past, like the pain is necessary. You know, like I needed that pain to motivate me to, to learn about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Most yeah, most guys they just keep doing what they're doing. Like if a relationship fails, they they fall into their next one. They get married twenty times, and, and there's this is like <laughs> science too. This isn't just people sitting here running their mouths. Like neuroplasticity is a thing. Your brain's mm-hmm. ability to absorb new I call them mental models, but it's essentially just narrative structures you use to make decisions on. That's how mm-hmm. humans think based on stories. So yeah, when you're when you're stuck in that dead bedroom and you're staying together because you're in a rut, it's your brain fighting to stay the same because it's trying to save calories. It doesn't know we're in a land of abundance. We're still, as far as it's concerned, we're still on the Savannah. So it's like, yeah, if I, if I want you to think about a whole new way of structuring your life, you may be 10% better, but you also might just burn enough energy to starve to death. So no, 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 put up with this shit until it gets to that fight or flight moment 
mm-hmm. your brain literally, and they call it being zeroed out, but your brain literally increases neuroplasticity because it sees this event as so heinous that you either have to survive and adapt and work all that brain power off or just die off. It's kind mm-hmm. of, and it's like, yeah, and you get into the whole psychology of depression, why depression exists. And I won't waste your guys' time talking about nerd shit like that. But then BF Skinner with his humanist study, I talk about the dogs in cages. Everybody always memes it for me, but have you heard about his uh, learned helplessness experiments? No. Well, this is why, this is how it manifests on the other side of things, not being zeroed out, but just putting up with shit. Yeah. He had an experiment where he took a bunch of dogs, he put them in cages and half the cages would be open, half the cages would be closed and they would put an electric charge through the cage. Naturally, the dogs just jumped out of the cage. The ones that were caught in there would scratch against the thing. The ones that could get out just got out. Yeah. Kind of crazy as an experiment. They wouldn't do that anymore. So the funny part wasn't that part because that was made sense. But here's the thing. After a while, those ones that always had the cages locked, they would just stop trying to escape and they would just lay down and they'd yelp in pain every time the, the shock went through it. Mm-hmm. Again, not the most interesting part. The most interesting part was then they took those dogs and they opened up half the cages, left the other ones closed. The interesting part is when they shocked them again, the dogs with the cages that were open didn't try to escape. It's essentially, and they called it learned helplessness. And it was like a fascinating thing. And you say what you want about behavioral humanism and that, or BF Skinner and his stuff, but you see that manifest so often in a guy who's in a shitty relationship and just refuses. The cage is wide open. He can walk out and he just won't do it. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but the things like Operation Scorched Earth, things like Dread Game, it's essentially kicking that dog out of the cage in the only way that you can by like mean words like a drill sergeant. And it's unfortunate we have to do it, but guys are just, I don't know, shitty. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> well, the, like we, we've already talked about it too. They're, they're lazy and they, yeah. they just want to keep the status quo. And yeah. yeah. So, so you also said that when she does this, her status is is uh, lowered to a negative position, and she now has to audition amongst the other re- replacement women in your life. And and I should preface too, that's not, it's not what she's actually doing. Like whether it is or not, whatever, put that aside. It's you have to internalize that that is the frame. Everybody always talks about frame, but it's hard to describe. It's essentially yeah, the narrative you're coming in. She's now a fucking stranger to me. She doesn't fuck you, so she's a roommate. Well, some waves are also lazy and they don't cook. They don't clean and they don't raise the kids. They just give them iPads. So she's not a mother of your kids. Who is she? She's basically a stranger. And who, how would you treat a stranger? You know, politely, but standoffish. Stranger asks you for a favor. You're like, uh, thank you. We're not there yet. You're not being mean. You're not being an asshole. A guy who's like angry and yelling at the girl, you're still invested. And that's kind of the problem too. So like you said, how do you get out of that? And it's when you just realize, okay, what value is this person offering me in my life? And if the answer is nothing, then why are you giving her anything? It's not even yelling because she needs to learn a lesson or you have to, what's that? Hold bitches accountable. Yeah. Just by the fact that you're engaging this and being angry with emotions is actually rewarding that behavior. And who are, who is she, to, what has she done to earn this? And it's a weird way of looking at it, but it changes everything for so many guys. And I love, I love seeing that moment where they just realize, like, I'm just not angry anymore. Becca, a little story. I know you don't mind the monologue, do you? No, please do. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying was, to fill up time. So, Oh, good, good. It was the most <laughs> wonderful field report I had ever seen. There was this guy, same thing, standard story, dead bedroom, wife was kind of naggy. He didn't know what to do about it. Learned helplessness, just like, you know, go along to get along. Found this place because he got so desperate. He's on the toilet searching. Oh, my way, fuck me and finds the red pill. And then uh, at one point, he kind of got his shit together and things were kind of okay, but he just wasn't happy. And they were sitting there having brunch. It was my greatest thing ever. And he was trying to understand frame and he goes, I just don't get it. And then she's sitting there talking to me. It's like, I wonder what's going to happen. You know, after the kids move out, she's starting to think about retirement. He goes, and just in a moment of pure honesty, he looks over, he goes, I think I'm pretty much just going to leave once the kids are out. Like this really isn't happy for anybody. And he was kind of just sad, like he was mourning the loss of his father or something. And he didn't even realize it at the time, but that was essentially his frame that he had just given up on her. And the funny part was like a month later, that like slapped some sense into her. And I know that wasn't the intention because he had already given up and she had to fight hard to win back. But just the fact that he just had no more expectations. I have zero expectations. I'm going to do my thing. And just to let you know, when the kids are out, like I've really got no reason to be here. Didn't tell her what she needs to do with that information. She's a free agent. She can do whatever. But he just moved on, 
did his life and things just got better for him. And then the fact that she looks and she's like, fuck, that's a pretty good life. I wouldn't mind being a part of that. And then she realized she had to work for it, but it doesn't come with expectations. It could just as easily have been, you know, the girl from work that he was slumping on the side or, you know what I mean? Doesn't have to be her. Could be anybody. Yeah. So I, that's what I wanted a little bit of clarification on that. Cause I was like, so if a dude's married, should he just get back out there and start dating or what? Uh, I mean, could, yeah, could do that. Make this, uh, you also said like, she sort of needs to earn her way back. If you're, if you're trying to keep this thing going, right. Yeah. Like have expectations. It's, it's crazy that you have to tell a guy that have an expectation demand or no command, not demand command. Yeah certain behavior around you don't berate me in front of my friends like this isn't you can make as reasonable or as unreasonable as demand as you want if you're fucking good enough at being husband lover provider whatever then yeah ask for the moon but that's the point that's up to you what do you think you're worth what do you think what behavior do you think you should and should not put up with just start expecting it from other people and if they don't provide it well they got first crack at your libido they don't get sole custody so you're right yeah it may be the case that I don't want to cheat. Well, you offered to have like a monogamous relationship. She decided she didn't want that. So there's no law against infidelity. They showed those in the sixties. So what are you going to do now? There's nothing illegal about it. There's nothing immoral about it. Fuck even Martin Luther. I love this quote for like, I don't know if you got any, you know, Christians or Catholics in your, your thing here, but probably remember Martin Luther, Protestant reformation, big deal. Yeah. Famous quote he had was when, Somebody was asking about a wife that doesn't put out essentially. And he's like, Hey, bring it up. Hey, we're supposed to, you know, having to hold richer and better. You know, it's basically, you can't say no, say it once. If nothing happens, say it twice. If nothing happens, go in front of the church, say it in front of the entire congregation. And then if nothing happens, he's like, yep, go fuck the maid. Well, I think he said, (laughs) go sleep with the maid, but it's, it's translated to modern English. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's not like I'm even talking about some weird evil devil satan shit it's like martin luther said it dude and don't tell me you're not going to listen to him because he's not authoritative unless unless you're still going to the vatican city every year like i'm pretty sure martin luther influenced you more than you think he founded the lutheran church man yeah like yeah basically yeah (laughs) protestant protestant there's no such thing as christians outside of catholicism without them essentially Mm mm-hmm but that's the thing. It's it's not a new solution. It's an old solution. That was like 1600s or whatever year it was. Yeah. You can't say it's like an evil thing and we're good Christian people because that, that was the Christian thing. We could talk about how the church has kind of turned over towards a feminine imperative, but I mean, that's a whole other topic and that's kind of outside my interest anyway. Right. But that's the point. Everybody's waiting because like nobody's giving me permission to do these things. It's wrong. It's against a moral code. It's like, who's moral code? And it always comes back to those failed parenting strategies because mom, you don't want mom to abandon you and you die in the savannah of starvation. So you have to make women happy. It's the woman of Willendorf. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, I I mean, you can argue morals if you want. Uh, I personally wouldn't want to cheat on a wife like that. I would rather just leave divorce. Yeah. Divorce that too. Yeah. Like I said, it's not my place to say that's the other thing. Some guys decide like that guy did is, yeah, I'm just gonna to wait wait out the clock. I'll I chose to be celibate for three years and just fuck it. Some guys are like, I'm just gonna go get my needs met elsewhere and be discreet about it. Some guys mm-hmm. will be like, I'd rather just leave her and start fresh. It's there's no right or wrong answer here. It's what what can you sleep at night with after you've done, and what consequences can you own? Because there's always the chance if you cheat on yeah. your wife and she finds out, she can leave you. There's nothing you can do to stop her from doing that. But if you're not ready for that consequence, don't take that action. Same thing with the divorce. You can do the divorce and she could do all kinds of crazy accusations against you. Well, if you're not prepared for those consequences, don't take that action. If you're just going to wait it out being a dead bedroom. Yeah. You might end up being the most miserable person on earth. Are you willing to accept that? I think that's the big thing is just accept the natural outcome of the choices you've made. At that point, it's not even a more like the only morality thing is like the master and slave morality. Does it improve your life? Then it's probably moral. Does it not improve your life? Then it's probably immoral as opposed to slave morality, which is the exact opposite, which is what most guys are doing now. And I hate to quote Nietzsche because everybody's like, fucking nihilism. He stole it from Marcus Aurelius, all right? Don't worry about it. <laughs> so <laughs> Got him at Marcus. <laughs> got to add Marcus Aurelius on there. So, yeah. so one thing, uh, uh, 
making her earn her way back. You also said that um, if she's truly remorseful, she'll crawl through broken glass to win you back. Basically crawl through the broken glass so that she can reach up and put those wife goggles back on your yeah. <laughs> on your face. Well, yeah, to be invested. Essentially, yeah. it's a granted creative license. I get it. She's not actually crawling through broken glass. She's not begging and pleading. But yeah, you want to see some investment. If you don't see her trying, then why are you fighting so hard? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is great. Oh, she gave me starfish sex now. It's like, fuck off, man. That's not good enough. You're starving in the desert. She gave you a cracker. That's great. You still need to eat. <laughs> Stop mm-hmm. putting up with less than you think you're worth. And if you're not worth that much, why aren't you working to alleviate that situation? There's a confidence thing to it. You do things. You become more attractive. You become more assertive. You become charming. You become successful. You become hot, alpha, whatever you want to call it. doesn't even matter. Once you do those things, you don't want to be like the, the, the former fat kid who still acts like a fat kid inside, even though he looks hot now. You have to internalize. No, I'm the hot guy now. I'm not that scared fat kid who wears oversized t-shirts and doesn't talk to girls. There's a whole shift of your mental models there. And yeah, the she needs to crawl through broken glass to get back with me. In other words, she needs to show more investment than if she was a perfect stranger because I've got all that baggage in the back end. You're not holding it against her. You're just setting your expectations high. And if they're too high, you call them back down. And if they're too low, you claw them back up. But at least aim high. It's either to walk back expectations that are too high than it is to start asking for more slowly. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You also Plus guys love the reference like crawl through broken glass. That'll teach that bitch. But <laughs> right. then by the time it actually gets to that point, they're already, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm not an edgy teenager anymore. Fuck it. The yeah. blowjob works. It that- works just fine. So when guys ask how they're supposed to hold women accountable, well, you need to make her glow, cl- crawl through broken glass. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's- like, remember kickboxer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you also recommended that men uh, lean into pain hmm? more. Got to. Pain, discomfort. Discomfort, pain, however you want to refer to it. Why wouldn't you? If things aren't painful, that's because they're comfortable. And if they're comfortable, you're getting exactly what you did before. So if you're not in any type of discomfort or any type of pain right now, chances are nothing is changing. You're just spinning your wheels. So yeah, you have to be comfortable with pain. And I'm not saying this just like preaching from the mountain. I've been there. I've done it. I won't go into the Batman story, Batman origin story, how Bruce Wayne's parents were shot, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I found it was the exact same thing. The things I did before that got me to this point are what I'm comfortable doing. If the outcome's not something I want, then I need to have a different set of behaviors and models that I use. And if I'm feeling uncomfortable with them, but my outcomes are improving, then I need to lean into that discomfort, lean into that pain because it's working. It's just my stupid brain and retard emotions haven't caught up yet. And my feelings are bad and I should feel bad for having them. They're not going to help you. They're just going to make you feel comfortable. They just want you back in the cage, yelping every now and again, and you get shocked. Fuck it. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm off on a righteous anger rant. You're just like, this is great. I love it. This this is awesome. Yeah. So if she crawls through glass to put those wife goggles back on. And um, so she, she goes through all that. She puts all this investment in, but she's like, she's messed things up so bad. Let's say she cheated or whatever. Like guys also need to consider, would you really take her back then? Like, why would you want to take her back at that point? That's the funny thing. I don't mention it because by then you shouldn't have to. I mm-hmm. agree. She might want to win you back. She may try everything, but you just be like, no, I'm good. Maybe it's too far gone. The wife goggles slapped off. She just never looks that good to you anymore. You can't look past it. Maybe you're worried that the internet brands are like, look, I took her back and she cheated on me and the kid's not mine. And this is going to hurt my revenue. Like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but there's no guarantees. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to take her back. It's not it's dread. It's, it's scorched earth. It's not a tablet off the mont. You're not required. That's all that is doing is replacing that feminine authority you had in your life with some random asshole on the internet. What do you think is worse? At least the, the, the bitchy wife is real. The guy on the mm-hmm. internet's not real. He's just fucking lying to sell gumroad courses to his war room, of masculine excellence. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I guess that's us, but yeah, fuck those guys too. I don't have any gumroad courses yet. <laughs> yeah uh, i'll get there someday though i'll get there someday <laughs> how to be alpha in seven steps step four will surprise you that's right <laughs> <laughs> so 
this is actually pretty amazing. We took uh, your original 11 minute video and we stretched it out for about 50 minutes. I think in, <laughs> in fairness, I took a 5,000 word series of reports and essays and thought experiments and condensed it down to a 10 minute video and then brought out another 45 minutes as like a value add to your audience. If you want to be accurate about it. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I would so hate for them to think we're just sitting here running our mouths like a bunch of yahoos. It's like, no, this stuff exists. So I think you, because you were talking before, wasn't it you? Was it Corey Wayne or was it that you were a big fan of? Wow, which I used to be, it? I used to be a pretty big fan of Corey. Yeah. yeah I yeah. still, I still like his book. See, that's the thing. I don't know any of his stuff. So, but that's yeah. the thing. He has his own stuff. It's come from the marriage counseling side or uh, Evo psych side, like Rolo or Alpha K and that. So it's like, we're not making this stuff up. And I think that's one thing from an audience perspective, these guys should realize like we're standing on the shoulders of giants. Evolutionary psychologists have come up with this pickup artists, marriage counselors, you know, the occasional disenfranchised pastor who was mad with the way his church was going and decided to do something proper. 500 dudes who are swapping notes about their relationships, like doctors, lawyers and stuff. All we're doing is just repeating the shit that we've seen work in our lives and from others to work in their lives. And I just, I, I, the reason I think that's important guys know that about you or yeah. me or mostly you is <laughs> <laughs> because there's too many guys that just love to hear the sound of their own voice. And it's, it's hard because 80% of the guys out here doing what you do or what I do, yeah. that's all they do. Be like me. It worked for me. Here's some awesome shit. I did. Here's some shit I make up. Cause I like the sound of my own voice and it's hard not to get lumped in with that. Yeah. But I mean, you got to switch on audience. Every time I've seen them like engaging you in chat or in your TikToks there, they're, they're not soft R artists. <laughs> that's my, that's my most term. of them are. Yeah. Most of them are. <laughs> most of them are. <laughs> so it's good, but they get it, but this is good now. Cause now you can understand that if somebody wants to have some stupid internet argument with you about, Oh, you're just following another one of those mouth breathers and you're just like, slow down, dude. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll get someone uh, that'll say, Oh, well, you're just quoting this guy. Well, yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that lawyer is quoting, quoting case law. What? What yeah. a shitty lawyer. <laughs> one, one thing uh, someone complained specifically about Corey, uh, yeah. they're like, oh, you're just regurgitating Corey Wayne's stuff. I go, well, if you read Corey's stuff, I mean, he's citing this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm like, none of it's original. Yeah, everything's derivative. Yeah. I used to get the same thing. You're quoting Rolo. I'm like, I'm not quoting Rolo. Rolo's like the architect. I'm talking about construction here. It's totally different. Right. Well, Rolo quotes other people, you know, oh, yeah. he's, he's got Robert Green and shit in his, his book. He's yeah. talks about, uh, you know, Roosh and uh, David Buss, James Franco, David Clare, yeah. uh, Marty Hassel, no, Mar Steven, Steven Pinkerton. He reckon, yeah, everything's derivative. We all, that's how humans work. We're supposed to take knowledge from other people, adopt them and yeah. synthesize it. It's almost like that's what separates us from the fucking apes. Yeah. And meanwhile, yeah. you're like, why aren't you more of an ape? Like fuck you! I'm not an ape. You yeah, call me a knuckle dragon. <laughs> One thing I, I know any better. I think they just want to fight with you on the internet. People, <laughs> people love to fight on the internet. Uh, I mean, one, one thing too. Like I'm, I'm listening to uh, the game right now by Neil oh. Strauss. Yeah, yeah. And you start hearing, you know, uh, it's like it's like um, what was it? Ross Jeffries, and you hear uh, mystery. And then RSD, uh, Tyler and all them. Yeah. Yeah. D David D'Angelo, like those seem like to, to be like three of the, the, the big pickup bars guys, but, but David D'Angelo learned from Ross Jeffries, like Ross Jeffries is almost like the only original guy, but he learned all of his shit from this other book. Like, it, but it's all talked about in this, in the game. Yeah. And then all, all the other books I've read since then have cited shit from the game. So I'm like, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's all derivative. It's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the alt fast seduction use net, which I found out too on Sunday. Earl was telling me this. You know, uh, he, he used to be a moderator at SoSwap, which was an old pickup forum. Right. It's because alt fast seduction used to have a paywall on it. And so a lot of guys are like, you shouldn't have to pay for this. So that's where the free forum came from. And then they made so, and it's still going strong like 25 years later. I just thought it was rather funny that this is all just as soon as the internet came around, guys started swapping these notes. So, you know, it was around in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s too. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then you realize like we're quoting, like I'll quote Mark Twain's What is Man from the 1890s. That's got a lot of stuff that sounds like we did now. It's almost like it's almost like this stuff is innate and the issue is just you haven't learned it yet. That makes, makes, me feel, yeah, it makes me feel good <laughs> about it though, right? Because it's like nothing's that special. Your problems aren't that unique. 
500 other guys have had it and yeah. 498 of them can fix it if they wanted to. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Have you ever had anyone ask you like what your, uh, you know, like what authority do you have in this? Like, do you have a degree in this or are you just some guy with an opinion? Cause oh, I've had no, people never. ask that. But I cuss a lot. That. So they, yeah. they don't even think to ask. This I've guy had, just keeps dropping f bombs. What does he got a degree in? Being a prick? I'm like yeah. probably. But I so someone asked me that on TikTok once, and so I made a I made a response video saying, "Well, well, what does a guy with a degree have that? You know, like he's just read a bunch of books too, and yeah. and, and, and and written some papers and shit." Do? I'm like, I go, I, I I literally make videos every day about this. I'm essentially your making... how do you like them apples speech? Look at you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're gonna start quoting Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> But the colonies and the economics of the colonies, then what? We can go outside and talk about it if you want to. I know that's my best Boston. That's all I got. <laughs> that was pretty good. Pretty solid Boston. <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're almost at an hour here, Ryan. Uh, where can people find you online? Oh, they just find me on Twitter. There's the underscore Ryan underscore Stone. Find me on YouTube. I got two channels. I got the Ryan Stone one, which is where I mostly talk about this stuff. And then I got the gaming channel, Digital Ryan, because... Like I said, it, the space is trying and very trying. <laughs> so it's like over there, it's a little more casual, a little more chill. Guys have some leisure time. Once you've sorted out your relationship, you can have some fun with dudes. We have like the T-Rex army. It's pretty good. The don't eat coffee mug. And then there's just the Ryan Stone, uh, the website. Just go to ryanstone. Is it ryanstone.com? I should know my own website. It's .com. I think it's yes, ryanstone.com. And there it's got some blog. I haven't updated the blog as much just because the first book took so much time and now the second book's taken so much time. But between all those places, you'll find something you're, you're really into and like, and, and yeah, there's always videos there for you. So you're writing a second book now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Technically I'm trying to sort out the dread thing because okay. we've, uh, the best of what we got isn't good enough. It was written about six, seven years ago and everything got refined quite a bit since then. And unfortunately, guys have to go through seven years of like essays and field reports and shit. And it's just too much time. We really need to synthesize. And so I'm like, well, either I do it or nobody does it. So fuck it. Got when's your bo new book coming out? As soon as it's done, I fucking hate life. <laughs> Dude, the first book was so much easier because I didn't know what went into writing a book. So I just wrote and then I edited and then it was done and it was a year. And now I know what goes into it. And now it's it's like a harder process. I fucking hate it. Okay. That's why everybody's second book always takes forever, but their third book is fine. And their first book was fine. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if you're, if you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to do some authoring. Yeah. Just hate your second book now. Save you the trouble. I, yeah, well, I decided this year I was going to write a book and I've, I've basically had writer's block since like January. I've rewritten it four times now. Yeah. Yeah. That's about and, right. And uh, so now I finally figured out a, a flow and like what I want to say with it. Uh and so I finally finished like rewriting the first chapter and I'm like, okay, I'm happy with it. I sent it to a couple of friends. I was like, what do you guys think? And they're like, oh, this, this is good. We like how this flows. I was like, okay, this is where I'm going with this now. Good, and good. I don't know yep. when I'm going to finish that though. Dude, best <laughs> advice I ever got is write a piece of shit book. Let, let the editing, like when you edit your book, that's when it becomes good. So just uh -huh. accept that you're going to write like shit. Okay. It actually is. <laughs> Because you, yeah, and what's the other one? They said write drunk and edit sober, which I think that one kind of worked too, but not too drunk, two drinks at most. Otherwise, then you start just fucking mashing the keyboard with your fat Irish thumbs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Try well, mine, not to. I don't do know that. if you're Irish too, but. <laughs> oh, part. Yeah, part Irish. Okay. Isn't everybody? <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thanks for joining me, man. I'll give you the rest of your day back. Oh, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers, yeah. boys. Anytime. Ryan, thanks again for joining me. Uh, I've said it before, you're you're welcome back anytime. Uh, I actually like having you on the podcast. I actually learn a lot from you. And I know you don't uh, like being fluffed, as you say, but um, you're a good dude, Ryan. Don't let anyone tell you different. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you got a lot out of that. Um, you know, there's some good stuff in this red pill sphere, right? It's not just hating on whamming and whamming ain't shit. Like there's actual, actual useful advice that will help you keep relation, uh, healthy relationships because it, you're setting good boundaries and uh, you're holding whamming accountable, <laughs> whatever that means. But uh, I mean, it, it's good stuff. Um, I practice this stuff in my relationship with nurse chick and it's, it's effortless. It's almost effortless, right? I mean, once you make this stuff a part of who you are, it becomes effortless.
So learn it, live it, love it. That's all I have this week, guys. Hey, be sure to help support the show. Check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash comeonmanpod. The link is in the description. Um, I have five tiers available. The lowest one's only about five bucks. So it's like buying me a beer. Um, if you like the show, you want to help keep it going, you want more men to get this information, then help me help everybody else support the show for as little as five bucks. Um, each tier has better incentives though, right? So um, if, if I mean, five bucks is, is uh, all you're willing to to help with, I mean, that's great. I really appreciate it. I mean, just tuning into this podcast is, is a big help. Um, but five bucks, super helpful. Um, next tier up, you know, it's like 10 bucks. You get, you get a better advantage there and then so on and so forth. Uh, we even have one-on-one group calls available. So check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash come on man pod link is in the description. Otherwise I'll see you guys next week on Monday. This has been the come on man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.